Hello and welcome to the Arista Wealth Podcast, where we focus on your finances, wellness, and lifestyle, so you can focus on living your dreams. We'll help you navigate through important topics so that you can elevate your life and financial health. Let's get started with your host, Paul Moffitt. Hello, welcome to Arista Wealth Podcast. Welcome to a new year of 2022. And before we say goodbye to 2021, we want to talk a little bit about it. And then also talk about some of the big changes when it comes to estate planning, tax planning for 2022. But hope everyone is healthy and strong and they have their New Year's resolutions and goals in front of them and a place to see them frequently to reach their highest potential in life. Today I've got with us David, one of our amazing planners. What people don't realize about David is that in 2019, he took second place in the National Financial Planning Competition in the United States, and he took second place. So what you don't realize is behind David is an intelligent, extremely smart advisor and fiduciary advisor and financial planner, and we're really grateful to have him join our podcast today. David, thanks for joining. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. I mean, that was a great intro, Paul. Hey, you're great. It's great working with you every day and getting things accomplished and making sure all of our clients' lives are being impacted and that their portfolios are growing. So it's good to have you. Let's jump off into the action of discussion today, David. Tell us what uh, the 22 estate planning tax brackets look like? Oh, yeah. For estate planning. Okay. So this is actually a pretty good topic that a lot of people have been worried about this year. Previously in 2021, you were sitting at $11.7 million per person. Okay. Now there's a lot of rumors throughout the year, Paul, if you remember that the current administration was planning on cutting this in half. And a lot of our clients were really worried about this. Okay. For 2022, though, it has been increased to 12.06 million per person. What does that tell you, Paul? It tells us that uh, the federal government gave us a gift. Uh, The federal government increased and gave us some paper money to take advantage of. You're exactly right. I think there's still some talk on reducing it, but I'm glad to see that that was increased this year, just as it has been every year for a number of years. Another big change that hasn't been updated in a long time, I actually can't remember when this was updated from. The yearly gift exclusion. Oh, that's right. It's been 15000 for as long as I can remember, really. Yeah. And walk us through that, David. What does that 15000 Can the mailman get it? Can the Uber driver give it? Does that mean that you can, basically any American citizen, you can hand now $16,000 to? Yeah. Wow. That's exactly what it means, Paul. You know, it went from 15000 to 16000 this year. So let's just say Jeff Bezos is feeling super charitable. He could grab millions of dollars and just start handing it out on the street. As long as he gives each individual 16000 or less, he doesn't need to claim it. doesn't have to report it and, or pay a gift tax on it, correct? Yep. No, yeah. that, that's exactly right. Usually this gift tax exclusion goes a lot with 529 plans we find. Helping your kids plan for education. So upping that even more, especially since education, I mean, education inflation alone is in double digits most of the time. Yeah. And this is really going to help us plan for education better. But even that, I mean, between you and your spouse, you can still give somebody, now it's $32,000. I mean, that's a lot of money to gift in one year. Yeah. It's neat to see that. And also for uh, listeners, the 529, 
you take 16000 for you, 16000 for your spouse or partner, and times that number by five, and you can preload and front load that amount of money up to $160,000 one time into a 529. So you can go in and put $160,000 for Johnny's account or for Sally's account in your 529 and do it once. And that's a really neat, right. neat thing. I, just this week, I was meeting with a client and he said, Paul, I've got excess capital. What should I do with it? And we talked about that. And to your point, David, he said, yeah, let's get that funded. So I said, it's $160,000. And he said, yeah, I funded it for my two other daughters who are all looking to go to Stanford or Brown, but his youngest son, they haven't focused on. And he says, I need to get more money into his account to get it trued up. And I gave him that number, David, and he was really ecstatic. So that's great. Thank you for those two updates, David. Oh yeah, no problem. It's really good to see, Paul. And just one thing to touch on, if you do do a split gift, just an FYI, if it's you and your spouse gifting the money, 32000 you do need to fill out Form 8606 and let the IRS know that that was a split gift. So there is no tax complications with that. That's great. Here. That's great. And then, David, tell us also about the 401k numbers that also increased in 2022. Yeah. I mean, we see increases pretty much across the board. In 2021, it was 19500 If you're over 50, there's a $6,500 catch-up. Okay. We saw another increase of $1,000. So in 2022, anybody can contribute 20500 Okay. And then that catch-up did not increase this year. It's still 6500 But a $1,000 increase to the 401k is pretty substantial. The only thing that I was kind of surprised about this year, Paul, the one thing they didn't update was IRAs. Oh, that's right. It's still 6000 yep. or 7000 if you're over 50, but they didn't update that. And that hasn't been updated in a long time. Yeah, that's great. Thank you, David, on those couple of items. And then, David, let's talk about what everyone's talking about out there and worried about. Oh. And that's the GDP, the CPI, and the unemployment numbers from okay. 2021 being carried now over to 2022. Yeah, this is a topic everyone is focusing on right now, Paul. So it's perfect that we need to talk about it today. GDP, gross domestic product. You know, it's the featured measure of U.S. output. It really shows you how healthy the U.S. economy is, okay? And according to the data, though, the market right now is the strongest it's been since 1984. And that's just reflecting on, you know, strong consumer demand, along with just healthy housing and labor markets. And from last year, where unemployment was very high, due to COVID-19, as that's coming down, it's so refreshing to see that, Paul. And what are your inputs about that? Yeah, you know, David, when you look at the chart and you go back to history, what we're seeing and what I've seen for a very long time is that we just haven't seen inflation spike like this. Hmm. And initially they said it was temporary, it was transitory, 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 transitory and some of us thought about wearing shirts that just said transitory on it. But inflation is not a bad thing. The Federal Reserve's job is to create some inflation, but not enough inflation and too much inflation. And they've actually been fighting deflation for the last 12 to 14 years. So they were welcome to inflation. Now they're saying we've got too much of it. Let's give it a little bit of time. Some of it is burning off. But COVID isn't helping it. 
So the Federal Reserve Board and Jerome Powell, very intelligent person. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big Jerome Powell fan. And so he wants some, but he's got COVID stoking the fire. So he's got to manage it. And you heard it right here. I believe that you know they came out mid-December and said they're going to raise interest rates three times this year. I think we're going to see maybe four or five, David, because inflation numbers are coming in a little bit higher than Jerome Powell is comfortable with. So he will have to pull it back because, yes, deflation is bad. Yes, the recession is bad. But folks and listeners, a hyperinflation is not a positive thing. I completely agree with you. Ever since Jerome Powell was renewed here, he's come out and saying, you know, inflation is something that we really need to tackle. Yeah. Okay. You know, just for some numbers, for example, the CPI shot up to about 64 6.5% at the end of 2021. That's the highest it's been in 40 years. Okay. In 1981, it was double digits, Paul, at 10.33%. Right now, we're sitting at 7 overall. And of course, inflation has gone up. I mean, it makes so much sense with how much money supply has been injected into the economy. Rates right now to borrow, I mean, they're so low. It's almost free money sometimes. Yeah. And the lower the rate is, the more people borrow, the more money gets into the economy again, and inflation is just running away with it. Yeah. And I agree with you. They have said that they're going to raise rates you know, two, three times this year. I expect it to be a little bit more than that. I hope it is a little faster, probably by mid-year, I think, is when we're really going to start to see some of those lagging indicators come back and help us. Well, that's great. Great updates. And David, let's transition now over to the equity market for 2021. And um, let's talk about what happened in the equity market, because there was a lot of really good news for investors that could withstand and chose not to react to all of the events of 2021. What were investors rewarded with in 2021? You know, Paul, it goes back to my favorite saying, okay? Time in the market is more important than timing the market, okay? That lesson was retaught in 2020, in 2021, and it's going to be continued to be retaught. In 2021, you know, in the past three years, we've seen double-digit returns. In 2021, though, it has been the best double-digit return, raising the annual return to about 26% since 2019. Okay, it's been the sixth best year since 1990. More than that, you know, Paul, we hear this all the time in meetings. Oh, the market just hit a peak. We're out of the ceiling. We're about to go down. The market hit the record high, the quote-unquote ceiling, 70 times this year. times. 70 times. Yeah. I mean, it just goes back to a DFA study you and I found, Q3, I think it was, last year, that just shows after we see record highs, one year after that, we're 14% up, three years, 10, 5, 9.9. The market just keeps going. It doesn't care. Yeah, that's great news, David. And for investors that stuck in it to walk away with the 26.8, I mean, that's a very, very good year. It's a positive number for the markets. And it was a story, David, of three steps forward, two steps back. Yep, exactly. Three steps forward, two steps back. Mm -hmm. And really, if you look at the four quarters for all of last year, it was really, you had to be there in the first quarter of the year. Oh, yeah. To capture such a large double-digit rate of return. 
Oh, yeah, I would say easily 50 to 70% of this 26% occurred in Q1 and Q2 of yeah. last year. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. And just holding on in Q3, Q4, I mean, it was a storm for a lot of people. We talked to a lot of people off the edge, mostly successful, I would say. And the ones that were, I mean, looking back, they're happy about it. They're yeah. happy they stayed in. Yep. No, that's great. Well, David, thank you so much. Just for a review, from 2021 to 2022, the federal estate gift tax exemption has gone up from 11.7 to 12.06. The annual gift has gone from 15 to 16. 401k deferrals have gone from 19.5 to 20,005, a full thousand dollars. Also, the CPI and GDP are at all time highs. Consumer price index is up to 10.33 cents 81. We're hitting new highs just as we hit new highs last year with the equity market. We're now hitting new highs with inflation, really caused by COVID stimulus and maybe too much stimulus was uh, given and put into the economy in 2020. And that carried over to 2021. And now we're still dealing with it in 2022. And then overall, the equity markets were positive in 2021. S&P up 26. The Russell 2000, which is small caps, were up 14.82. But the Russell small value was up 28%. And also real estate was up very nicely, over 30%. And so it was actually up 46.1%, the real estate index that many clients have. So listeners, thank you for listening. Great to know that you're out there. And many of you give us encouragement to say, Paul and Arista Wealth, keep creating more Arista podcasts. We are. and uh, We're working on it. We're working on it. <laughs> we're just so busy on the phones and flying and meeting and talking and visiting and providing uh, one-on-one wealth management that we just get so busy. But hope everyone is well. And don't forget to uh, live an optimal life and go to aristawealth.com to look at other videos, tools, tips, and resources to help you live a life of optimization. We look forward in uh, talking to you soon. And please don't forget to leave a review and a star and a rating and share with others. And until next time, talk to you soon. This episode of the Arista Wealth Podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more advice on your finances, wellness, and lifestyle so you can focus on living your dreams. Don't forget to rate and review so we can continue to bring you the best content. See you on the next episode.